there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I am one of your hosts for today, Cross, alongside my partner in crime, Nitro. Uh, so this is shaved head. So this is so bizarre. I am looking at our screen fine on stream elements. Off to the side, my Discord is like freaking out. Is it really? But it's like not coming across on screen. I don't know why. So if that if I looked a bit thrown off in the beginning there, that's why. Dude, that's hilarious. Let me try and let yeah. You said whoa. I was like, uh oh. Not right before stream. What happened? Okay, I think we're good. I think it's looking. I just want to make sure that it doesn't like. There we go. Yeah, my Discord is like freaking out to the left of me. So if it starts to show up on stream, guys, let me know. I'm just going to run with it. I don't care if it's freaking out over here. As long as the rest of it's looking good, I'm. I don't care. Um. Um. For some reason, it's not translating over. But sorry about that, guys. That totally threw me off in our intro. How are you all doing today? Welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. We are here with the first ever of a second part to an indie comic book club where we are going to be talking our thoughts on Volume 2 of Mouse. And we talked about the first part last week. We talked about um, the controversy surrounding it, talked about our thoughts on the first book, this, uh, the content in it, if it was worthy of being cancelled, if it was worthy of being taken out of curriculum, what our thoughts on everything were. And yeah, we're doing the exact same thing kind of again this week, but because it's a two-volume book for the whole story, we wanted to cover the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Because of the type of book it is, the historical significance to it, and the story, yeah. we wanted to walk through the whole thing. But yeah. there's no way that we were going to properly cover the two volumes in one show. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. it was a lot of stuff book. to cover. I feel um, like more happens in the first book, but a lot happens in the second book. I feel like it's it was like a... The first bit was like, yeah, we have to just get up to the point of Auschwitz. Yeah. And then from Auschwitz, it was like, okay, this is the main stuff. And it's it's insane, some of the stuff that happens. Yeah, man. And it's like, you know, I, I growing up hearing about the Holocaust, you, you always hear about Auschwitz. That was the main thing. Yeah, that's always I the big one you hear about, you know. And I guess it's just because, I, I guess that was what the bigger, the bigger or the biggest camp. But Dachau, well, that they mentioned in the book, which was another one was where a lot of like cr- just crazy stuff went down yeah and we got a good um, kind of perspective on that as well and because he goes to Auschwitz and then later on goes to Dachau and like we see that um, camp that's inside Germany and yeah. um, some of that perspective as well so I'm really intrigued to get into this book really yeah. intrigued to talk about it uh, first of all I want to just a um, couple of little things I want to mention beforehand okay it's like every time see how like my mouse is moving. I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I see. It. Right. It's fine, on screen. Like on my Discord, it looks fine. Yeah. But like, see when that stuff disappears, we are literally like going, <laughs> like frozen in spot, like jerking <laughs> like crazy. It's it's. Dude, I don't know what's going on with what? that. I don't yeah, know shout what. Shout out to Infinity Bros. What's up, guys? Yeah, Infinity Bros, man. How are you guys doing? Good to see you. Our good friends over at the Infinity Bros. If you're not following them, listening to their podcast, one of the best podcasts out there to talk about anything in geek culture that is not ours, you definitely want to go and check theirs out. I mean, it's a solid number two to ours, but you know, you do the best you could with the competition that's there, unless you know. Yeah, shout out Infinity Bros. But love the Infinity Bros. Go drop them a follow. You'll absolutely love these guys. They're absolutely awesome. I gotta say, guys, this is probably one of my favorite shirts. It fits really nice. If you were looking to support Infinity Bros, you should buy one of their shirts because this is 
some high quality merch. Yeah, the shirts really good quality. Although speaking of high quality merch, I do have to say I'm very excited oh. because I've got some of our brand new merch actually arriving this week. I've ordered some stuff off of our brand new merch store. Nice. Uh, that's got our new Comics of the Cross logo on it. Um, so I'm excited for that coming in. I've actually got two things coming in. I've got a new um, long sleeve t-shirt. Nice. I got the Winter really long sleeve yeah. t-shirt and I got the uh, new Comics of the Cross hoodie. So I never got a hoodie off of the last ones. I never got a hoodie with the last logo on it. So getting the hoodie headed into summer. <laughs> and and I got hey, see with this room, you yeah. never know what the temperature is going to be. Like I have like no heating or cooling in this room. Yeah. So I get it. if we I get like a garage, so I get it. So if we get like a one like cold night, it is going to be freezing in this yeah, office. <laughs> you know, so you have to be prepared. Um, but yeah, it's I gotta like, get a shirt, man. So that is up, although we do have some exciting merch news coming up. We can't talk about it right now, but we do have an exciting exclusive piece of merch yeah, that's going to be coming to the store that we are super hyped for. Um, I can't yeah, believe we managed to pull this off somehow. Uh, I, but, I, I, don't, I don't know how we did it, um, but we're, we're pulling some favors. Yeah, but uh, keep, an, keep an eye out for that announcement coming soon. But we actually have some other announcements today. Uh, so first of all, I want to do an announcement of uh, a good friend of ours who pops into the chat like f fairly frequently at this point. I can't remember when he first He's showed up. I can't remember when he first showed up. He first showed up when we had a special guest on and was supporting them, and he literally just doesn't like stop showing up now. Um, Mr. Tom Levine, who is yeah. a, a well-known like author out there, yeah. um, and is now taking his journey into the comic sphere with his own comic. He's done comics before. He's written other stuff like um, he's Spends written for Spawn. Time with us. Um, he's written for like Spawn and stuff before to Nitro's excitement. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> but he's like he's writing his own new comic now called um, Beckett's Last Mixtape which I've had the absolute honour of reading I don't know if you had a chance to read it yet now, I haven't read it yet I've, ha I've had an absolute honour of reading it um, I, the way I described it to him and the way I try and pitch it and I mean it is the biggest compliment in the world to him it's like the opposite of 13 Reasons Why mm. you know that crap Netflix show yeah just me, D, coming in with the redeem of first. How are you doing, sweetheart? Good to see you, D. Welcome on in. But I mean it in the biggest compliment to him. Yeah. Because 13 Reasons Why is kind of crap. Um, but it's like the first season of 13 Reasons Why, but it's like it's almost like the reverse of that. Because mm. um, the whole fixture on it is about a girl looking to commit suicide. Mm. And her story and journey in that. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't want to spoil too much about it because we're going to talk about it. He's actually coming on the show on... April 3rd to talk a lot about, about the comic but it's actually up on Kickstarter right now and it is almost done I actually have a link for it That's on my so post awesome. um, so that is going to be up there for another 3 days it is open, it just hit over 100 backers on it um, I would highly recommend checking it out, having read the whole first issue I am thoroughly I thoroughly enjoyed it, the art is stunning art, the art is the art is absolutely stunning, the story is really intriguing and I am really hyped to see where they go in the future issues um, so I would highly recommend this. I have um, put my money on it and I backed it. I've put some money towards it. Um, so go ahead, check that out. There's three days left to get in on that Kickstarter and we would highly recommend it. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't get him in on the show before the Kickstarter was done, um, but we did tell him we'd do a shout-out for it since we're getting him on the show anyway. Um, so please, the art, man. It's yeah. so nice. Please go and check it out. It's absolutely worth um, reading, guys. And come back on April 3rd where you get the chance to hear him, us talk with him and uh, delve a little bit more into that and into his uh, new f you know, foray into comics which is very exciting um, 
so yeah, we wanted to talk about that. We talked about the merch. Um, the other big announcement for today is that we're finally starting to kind of get boots on the ground when it comes to planning our um, 12-hour fundraiser. Excuse me, dry throat there. Um, we are doing, as we did it last year in April, we're doing it the same this year. And right now, I think the working date we're going with is April 23rd. Uh, at the moment we're working towards that, that may change depending how certain things kind of look, but uh, we're looking forward to April 23rd as the possible date for it. We're going to be doing another 12 hour stream, probably kind of same as last time, 10 to 10, because that seemed to work. Yeah. Miss Nitro, Lady J, will be uh, showing up. Yeah, so. Hopefully. The plans at the minute, at least the working plans. Um, are you know that we are kind of big Sea of Thieves streamers? We love um, playing Sea of Thieves, we love streaming Sea of Thieves. Finally, got our own uh, Sea of Thieves stream going. But for the 12 hour stream, we are actually looking for our lovely wives to take over the helm and have Jay and Mrs. Nitro, along with um, two other crew members who were still working out, uh, to set sail as part of Sea of Thieves and see how they do in terms of going to set sail. On the other flip side of it, if any of you catch the Monday night streams, my lovely wife streams and streams horror and thriller games, um, and one of her kind of favourite games at the moment is playing Phasmophobia. Nitro and I have never played Phasmophobia. For the 12 hour stream, we are going to be playing Phasmophobia. We, I'm not a huge fan of horror games, by the way. We are... Neither am I. If you want to hear like two grown men screaming like little girls, then this is a stream for you. Um, <clears throat> we're going to be playing it on a harder difficulty because we're wanting to go full oh, horror for That's it. Um, if you really want to hear a grown man screaming like a little girl, then Caleb is going to be playing with us from Mountain Nerds. Um, we literally have clips of him freaking out from playing it with Jay oh, great. Um, on our clips, so he's going to be joining us. Along with your big baby, dang right hobo. Like Phasophobia, <laughs> like we were going to scream so much. Um, and I believe we're going to try and get Locksteady to join us as the fourth. And the four of us, who are usually our team for like going on Sea of Thieves, are going to be um, jumping into Phasmophobia and trying to um, catch ghosts or ascertain what ghosts we're dealing with or whatever What's the, the heck. behind that game? Basically, you have to go into a haunted place and use different tools and different things to try and work out what type of ghost you're dealing with. I think that's the premise. Like, it's not like a Ghostbuster thing where we have to go in and like catch it or something. <clears throat> it's like we're just trying to ascertain, I believe, what type of ghost it is. So, as you can tell, we really don't have much of a clue about this game, but yeah, we're going to jump into this and play it. Um, along with Caleb and Locksteady, if you guys are up for it. And we're going to try and do it, and we're going to try and not just survive, but thrive. We're going to try and learn what the ghosts are, we're going to try and earn money, we're going to try and do well and succeed. Uh, Phasmo is awesome. As I read that as Phasmo is awesome. You need to get a diaper. It makes Phasmo much more fun for us viewers. Uh, we don't. We don't have decks per se up. We do have stream loots, which we use for Sea of Thieves, and I can create a collection based around Phasmophobia, which is nice. a possibility of me doing. I don't know if I'm going to do it since it's our first foray into it, and it's going to be, it's going to be it's scary fine. enough for us. We're You're going to be fine. doing. Um. But for our 12-hour stream, as we did for last year, and um, kind of different from last year, um, this is going to be a fundraising stream as well. Last year we did fundraising to try and raise money to um, for charity to give towards the Autism Community in Action. Uh, you can see my poster up behind me. 
right there. It's right there. And it's got our uh, that we got as a thank you from them. They sent us posters with a thank you on it, um, and stuff which was really nice of them. But we, our amazing community, managed to raise uh, two thousand dollars last year. This really year, cool, it's a bit more of a uh, closer to home. If I can put the link in chat. Um, and we are actually going to be raising money for it's actually for myself and for Jay, or at least for our son. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, our eldest son Matt is um, has autism. He's five year old. Uh, he's autistic. He's in school at the moment. Um, but we're actually looking to raise money to get him a special trained service dog. Uh, these are service dogs, kind of in, along the lines of like you see service dogs trained to help with the blind and different things like that as guide dogs yeah. and things. And there's actually special training that these dogs can go through from puppies. Um, it takes time to train them and. Uh, to actually assist with autism where they can be emotional support dogs that can help if he's having a freak out if he's getting overwhelmed with emotions or stuff's getting to him they're trained in different techniques to help calm him to help him get through social situations and social anxieties and all these other things that he's going to struggle with on a day-to-day -day basis yeah um we're wanting to do that as an everyday thing for him to be able to help as he starts to delve further into going to school and going to out into the real world so like we can go to a store or we can go grocery shopping or we can go yeah. to a park and we don't have to be as worry or fearful about it um so you'll see on the gofundme an amazing bunch of people have already like donated money to it since we set it up a little while ago um which amazing massive shout out to them including a, an anonymous donator who decided to like give us a thousand dollars just off the bat and i'm like no idea who they were but massive shout out and thank you to them um, as you can see the main goal if you click on it is $27,000 and that's for the specialised training they go through these dogs are once they get the deposit from us they go and they get the dog and they start training the dog and it takes a year of training to get into the right place this is across the country so they'll bring them over here to meet our son make sure the dog matches and he gets on well with them and all this different stuff um, and it's a lot of money for the training that they go through. Um, we at the moment are looking to try and get about nine to ten thousand dollars for a deposit to put down on it, and that's the goal of the stream. Like we're going to go as long as we can, we can to get as much money as we can towards it. Mm -hmm. uh, by no means do I want to put pressure on anyone and say like you guys need to fund this for me or anything like that. Yeah. But we're doing this fundraiser as a chance to ask the community for help because uh, this is a big financial drain we do not have the finances off the bat like we literally live paycheck to paycheck as it is um, so this is a massive blessing to my son and we're asking the comic clan to to help in any way you guys can um, and however much we raise on that day from the 12 hour stream we are greatly appreciative of um, but like I said by no means are we wanting to pressurise anyone to feel like you guys have to give you guys have to be the ones to do it but we're asking if you can and are able to we would love support and we thank you so much for any support that you all give um, but you can click on that link and you can read the uh, the GoFundMe you can read all the information on there a little bit about our son kind of get to know him a little bit and um, there's a donation link if you choose to do so but um, that link's there because we're going to be raising money obviously out with the donations and there's a lot more to go and it's just a good place to kind of consolidate everything into one um, but yeah on the 12 hour stream that's where the donations are going to be going to the GoFundMe to uh, push towards this so that's what the fundraiser is for this year, uh, the name of the company let me throw it up on screen for those watching 
um, is loyalty service dogs, awesome dogs for awesome people. Um, so that's the company. Uh, Jay has done a lot of research into this and a lot of research into the company to make sure everything's um, a-okay with them. Uh, to make sure this isn't just some random company, some scam artist, some other thing, because like, they happen to be across the other side of the country and all that sort of stuff. Um, she's looked into all of this, so they seem to be, as far as we can tell, above board. Everything looks great with them, a lot of great reports, a lot of great um, success stories, so uh, we're hoping to become one of those success stories. Um, so yeah, so we're in the middle of planning for that sort of stuff. Um, so we've got those two game streams taking place during it. <clears throat> uh, we also have, we're going to be doing a review. We're getting Nitro, the man who does not watch sci-fi stuff, to delve into one of my favourite sci-fi shows. Hopefully it'll go better than the last sci-fi show I tried to get him into. The Firefly one did not go well. Um, but he's going to be watching season one of Doctor Who. Um, one of my favourite sci-fi shows of all time, I absolutely adore Doctor Who, and um, he's going to be watching season one and we're going to be talking about it as a, a man who's never watched the show before, sitting down with a guy who's a fan, who's watched it, who's lived it pretty much, Yeah, yeah. Um, and grown up with this, um, so it'll be an interesting kind of juxtaposition on that and to see what Nitro yeah. thinks coming in completely fresh. Um, so yeah, we're going to be doing that, and then also as well, we will be doing a whole bunch of incentives and giveaways and different stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> uh, some of the giveaways we're going to be doing some comic giveaways, like we did last time. Some Funko Pops we're planning to do as giveaways as well. Um, I think one of the giveaways that uh, that we're planning to do, or one of the incentives we're planning to do, is to try and recreate the opening credit piece, uh, Peacemaker dance that a lot of people on TikTok try to copy, so if you want to see us acting like idiots trying to recreate that, we're going to try that. Uh, Jay and I are going to try and recreate a lot of the... Uh, no, not the first Doctor ads, talking uh, the ninth Doctor, the season one of the reboot. We're not we're not going all the way back to like William Hartnell, we're not going back to the 60s, just to 2005. <clears throat> oh, thank you, Dee, thank you, I appreciate it. Saying your son is adorable, deserves the very best puppy. Um, and Hobo, yes, the the season one from the reboot is like, okay, for anyone who's trying to be smart here, with like, are you going back to the first Doctor? Okay, look, it's already 13 seasons deep since they rebooted it in 2005. I'm going to start them easy with the current Doctors. I'm not going to make them go back and watch the black and white, like, William Hartnell origin slick story stuff. Yes, please. We don't, we don't need to delve into that. If he wants to delve into classic Doctors later, by all means, but we're not starting them on that. We're going to start them easy with the modern Doctors. Eccleston's Let's do it, man. A, yeah, like Eccleston's a good introduction. We'll start there and see where it goes. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. <clears throat> you know, but yeah, so we're going to be doing that for it. We're going to be doing... Um, uh, Jay and I are going to be trying to do some couple challenges, I think, every so much that we kind of get. Um, we'll be giving away some art. I'll have a couple commissions. Yeah, Nitro's got a couple of commissions. One of them, um, that you, one of the pieces he's giving away, you've seen some of it done. Um, if you've been watching his Art of the Hero, he was working on a TMNT piece. Um, he's going to be doing that and giving that away. The finished um, product of that is going to be one of the giveaways, along with another giveaway. Uh, there's going to be like uh, special commissions, like we did last year. People want a chance yep. to get a commission of their choice, which ended up in quite a few awesome like crossover creations. Yeah, dude, it was really, it was a lot Most... of fun. We spent the next like three months doing those commissions. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it seems to be like all crossover stuff because we had like yeah. uh, what was it, Destiny Two and Avatar. We had like um. Uh, what was it, Iron Man and... Iron Man and... Um, Mass Effect. 
could not yeah, think of the name exactly. of it there. Uh, we, we had, had like Lincoln Star and, uh, Wars. Star Wars, yeah. Uh, so they had like yeah, Lincoln Zelda Star Wars crossover. So we had a lot of great commission pieces, like which, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> which um. I'm going to put the link in chat, go and check them out on our YouTube, all of those are stored on our YouTube along with um, all of our previous shows and everything, if you've not had a chance to check some of those commission pieces, 100% check them, because Nitro is awesome, the, the artwork's just stunning and it's worth being checked out, so if you know how amazing this man's artwork is, then you want to be in with a chance to win a special commission from him. You might be in with a chance even just to win like the TMNT piece and the other piece that he's doing that's just to win. Like, trust me, these are these are awesome prizes to be getting. Uh, shout out to the chat. Uh, Hobo and Ads oh, saying, okay, yep, just asking. <laughs> uh, hey, Archie Babel Nerd, how are you doing? Um, since Archie Babel Nerd is in, let me do a little shout out for him. Because Archie Babel Nerd, if you guys didn't know, he pops into our chat every so often. Um, he is actually doing the is on our streams now. I never get used to that. What happened? When I do a shout out and there's not a clip, it it just plays like music. Oh. Over the top of it, and I like I'm never prepared for it. I always forget. It's like I hear music playing. What the heck just happened? <laughs> Why am I? <coughs> Um, so yeah, massive shout out to Archie Bible there too, is doing his own art stream, trying to become a Twitch affiliate at the moment, so if you like great art and great Christian streamers, go ahead and drop him a follow, give him some love, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, so yeah, so we've got a lot of stuff planned, um, a lot of stuff still obviously getting worked out for the 12 hour stream. <coughs> but yeah, we are, we're looking forward to it, I'm hyped about doing it, the last 12 hour stream was awesome. Dude, it was nuts, dude. It was a lot of fun, and it went by super. We fast. are not doing as much stuff as we did last time, because it was like something every hour for two hours. Yeah, like we tried to change it up frequently. I called in a lot of um, like favors of people to come and help out with us. Asked yeah. a lot of friends of ours to come and play games with us. Uh, set up a lot of prizes, a lot of giveaways, a lot of different stuff. And I'm not gonna lie, like I think it almost killed me <laughs> trying to set all yeah, that stuff up. Yeah, for the next up. couple of weeks, you were wiped. I was out for weeks after that. If you literally watch our shows like after the twelve hour stream, like from like end of April and like, the start of May from last year, like I was not with it at all. Like I was so drained, like I've been working on this stuff non stop and like I can't do that every year. Yeah. I just I can't. Um so we're changing it up, we're trying to do less for longer rather than more. Um if you guys want see specific stuff by all means um, hit us up on social media hit us up on discord um, and give us your ideas if you want to get involved somehow by all means let us know and we'll try our best to try and get as many people involved as we can that want to be involved in it but yeah it's beyond Sea of Thieves, Phasmo and the Doctor Who talk there's not going to be a lot more we're probably going to be doing stream wise Yeah. Um, because like 12 hour streams even split up um, if you take about two hours for the talk, because usually we, the way that we ramble, we usually give about two hours to that. <clears throat> um, take that out, you've got like, what, ten hours, so we could do three, four hours Sea of Thieves, three, four hours Phasmo, easy. Mm -hmm. Maybe a couple of other things, but like, not yeah. a lot. Um, so yeah, so it's not going to be a vast amount of extra stuff on top of that, but yeah. yeah I'm trying to remember what we did last time, so I know we watched we watched that movie I forgot what the movie was oh we watched Galaxy Quest we Galaxy Quest 
we played friends played golf with your friends we played a little bit of among us we did a quiz we did some oh, yeah, apex right. legends uh we did a superhero square go oh did we we did during the oh that's right that's all i remember that we did a square go during the 12 hour stream the square goes never for again those of you don't know for those of you who don't never know, again am i doing right, those two so things together i feel like i need to i feel like i need to preface the square goes here so square goes it's basically five matches on a card. Basically, is how we're, how we've been doing it. Yeah, we and set it up each... like it's an MMA fight, like like however many, like five to six fights yeah. that are all like one v one. Who would win? Yeah, and you have a main, you have a main event, you have a co-main event, and you have like three or four other matches. Now, for each of those matches, both Cross and I have to do a ton of research for every character to figure out exactly what the limits of their power are, what type of situations they've been in, to see how they match with this just fictitious matchup because normally it's from a different universe or somebody they've never met before <clears throat> you have just a lot no of <laughs> idea the amount of research we put into these that's why there's only been two yeah because like we literally like i can literally spend hours like I, the week before i literally spend maybe four hours while i was working because i used to work in the evening so i would literally spend yeah. about three to four hours just like in my free time in the evening when i didn't get that many calls like researching yeah. looking up and that was for a fight yeah and i was trying to I do like one great. per night to prep stuff yeah. for it and get stuff in place for it and i'm like doing that while planning a 12-hour stream maybe one of the stupidest things i've ever done in my life maybe one of the reasons that almost killed me last time and um, we do have a, a third square goal ready to go in terms of match card i just gotta do some art and um, because ads did we used to, we did have a redemption and we still do in the yeah. channel points but i had to turn it off uh because ads like cashed in like he's been watching us since for like two years since we started and yeah, like, literally cashed in go, most of his points yeah to make an entire card is, is sponsored by ads the whole next square go is, like is all the fights are put together we should do like him. a little logo that says sponsored by ads yeah ads we absolutely can like because i'd literally um like put together this whole square goal and it's like and even though he's put it together like we don't have to make the matches like nitro and i still have to research them yeah because we want to put across the best fights possible is it uh pick dodge as well as depending on what keys you could choose just loads of research yeah exactly as like that's it there's oh, a lot like you pick dodge from lock and key and if you've ever read lock and key her main power comes from the keys that she finds and if you've ever read Lock and Key or even watched the show, you'll know there's a lot of freaking keys that do a yeah. lot of stuff. So, like, we're probably going to limit the amount of keys that she's got just so we don't yeah, have we, to we research have to set, like, everything. We, we have to set that up front. Like, this is how this is the keys that she has access to. Yeah, because, like, otherwise, like, no. Like, the amount of research we put into the Square Go is insane. Because um, we want to give you guys the best thing possible. Because like, yeah. we're, we're geeks as well. We love a good, like, who would win like I argument and then ads picked cross and nitro as the main yeah event. yeah the main event for the next one is going to be me versus nitro and so we know. obviously can't moderate that <laughs> we play a little bit biased so we got to figure out that yeah it's going to be a little bit biased and you know it's like a yeah, nitro's yeah. doing artwork for it and stuff because we all know i'd win that one anyway but you know it's like we have to at least sure. make it look right. like a good sure. fight you know yeah got we have to at least, we have to pretend it's going to be a good fight and you know it's not going to be totally one-sided and mm. completely me that would win it but you know yeah so what was our topic for today yeah <laughs> see he's changing the subject because he knows i'm right but yeah so there is going to be a square goal coming up um 
But with a 12-hour stream happening, I am not going to lie. I think right now we've marked it in for probably after that. And Ad has been waiting a long time for us to put this together. Yeah. Um, but I do promise that as a square goal coming, and um, there is a third square goal. It is in the works. I have the match card, um, and we'll start doing the research for it. Um, but yeah, I think that was most of our major announcements for today. I think that was most of our conversation topics that we yeah, kind of um, had to get across. Um, so yeah, obviously go check out the fundraiser page for information on that. Um, for what we're doing the fundraising for go and check out Tom Levine's Kickstarter for Beckett's last mixtape if you want a really cool comic to get into I guarantee you're going to enjoy it it's definitely worth checking out definitely a series worth getting into you know if you know us like we generally don't shout out a Kickstarter or Indiegogo or anything like that for a creator on here unless we're like, pretty confident about it yeah I just can't get the art <laughs> You know, we've 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 had stuff like that that we've backed, and it's been it. They've ended up being absolutely horrible. Like, do you remember that one that we backed, and it's like the artwork ended up like we were kind of hoping it wasn't the finished art, and it ended up that was the finished art, and it was really bad, man. The story was really really put back yeah, together. Put a lot of money for it. <laughs> oh yeah, we put we put yeah, like yeah. fifty bucks. Well, yeah, because like, we got like a, a big like collected edition of the whole thing yeah, and all this, and I'm like, like everything. The story sounded really cool. I thought it was a really worth thing to invest in, and then I got the, like, and then like they started sending out the digital issues for it, like as they were ready, and I got the first digital issue, and I went, oh no. It's <laughs> like, and I, I hate the trash. That's why we're not giving the name out, so we're not going to trash them on 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 stream. But no, um, it's like it's like the band that comes out with the CD, and they have that one song on the CD is just like, ah, oh, that that's a banger it's awesome but then the rest of the cd you're like oh. yeah like the thing like you hear the single drop and you think that's amazing oh i need to get this yeah. album i need to get this album yeah. this looks absolutely cool and then you get the album and i'm like i wish i just bought the single yeah i wish i just bought that song you know <laughs> i wish i just went to itunes and just like that one i didn't need it all yeah so we're not gonna we're not gonna name names or anything like that but yeah. no absolutely like, not, like, like ross said if we promote something it's because we really enjoy it yeah, if we promote something, generally I've had the chance to like check it out, and generally we've had a chance to yeah. read it. Generally we've had a chance to like. Also, generally we know the people. We've gotten to know them. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've, like the stuff we shouted out on here before, whether it's been stuff from Lewis Southard or um, Dave Peppos, or whether it's been the guys from Murphy Way and Brainy Pixel or Dominion and Terminus Media, or you know, it's like or Tom Levine, a guy that we've gotten to know awesomely yeah. over the last few months. Like <clears throat> these are people we know, we know who they are, we know their character, we know what they're doing with their story, but we've also had a chance to invest in their stories and yeah. we believe in it like this is stunning artwork, this is great storytelling, this is stuff that we want to see from comics. Like, cause like if you go to like these pages, there's a billion and one like comics on these pages, and not not all comics are made equally. Let's put it that way. No. Like some no, of these are not worth your time. Um, but the ones that we try to share, we try to make sure it's something that our community would love and enjoy. Um, and I think, speaking of ads as well, I think ads can attest to it. I think this man has pretty much bought everything we've ever recommended, yeah, <laughs> comic yeah. book-wise, so he could probably That's attest to most OG, of it. Um, he really is an OG, though. He's been here since the beginning. Ads is like... <clears throat> is that, I was going to check it with you and see if it's okay. Like The next pair we get from Twitch when we actually get a bit of money, I want to put some of it towards sending ads, like a new t- an item from our merch shop, like a t-shirt or a hoodie or yeah. something. Yeah, that's um, at the ve- at the very least to give him something because like ah, you absolutely deserve it, dude. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, man, and not long till OZ um, issue two drops. I'm so hyped. I, I went all in on OZ like issue two. I bought all the variants and everything like that. I'm hyped for this coming in, man. <laughs> These variants are freaking amazing. I'm all hyped for the OZ. Dude, um, speaking of ads, um, so when I get the characters drawn for our Square Go, I'm gonna try to make a poster for it. And uh, ads, if I can get that together and it looks decent, I'll send you a copy of it, man. Yeah, there you go. Put it together because it's his card. Yeah. This is fight card, man. Um, but yeah, so I think that's supposed to be major announcements for today. Um, but I think it's time to change gears a little bit and Do jump it. into what most people are here for, which is to hear part two of uh, the story of Mouse. You know, um, we kicked it off last week talking about the controversy around this book, the reason it started all of this. Mm-hmm. If anyone missed our show last week, of course you can get it on YouTube where you can watch your videos or pick it up anywhere that you get your podcast from. Just search Comics from the Cross, you'll find us. Um, the controversy around it, again, for anyone who doesn't know, is a school in Tennessee, basically. The board decided to vote about Mouse being part of the curriculum for the 8th grade. Uh, yes, the 13-year-olds, the 13, 14, 8th grade. I never know grades. Because like we don't we didn't do the grade system in Scotland we have something completely different so like I always have to click count to get grades right um <clears throat> but for around like thirteen fourteen yeah, year old curriculum 14, yeah. um and they decided to take it out believing that mouse had too much um nudity too much violence and too much um like bad language mm-hmm. to be part of the curriculum and it sparked a whole conversation across the country and uh, across the whole of the United States talking about it and talking about if this is something that should be taken out of curriculums, if this is us being censored on the sort of stuff that we're being involved in, because this isn't just like a a book with adult themes. This is a book that's talking about a massive historical event mm-hmm. that had a massive impact, not just upon the US, but the world. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and that's what started us wanting to look into it. Again, massive shout out to um, our friends over at Richmond Comics, our local comic yes. book store. Um, for getting us hooked up with these volumes because this book has been sold out everywhere I think Chunk's the one that's been in chat the last week kind of talking with us and saying he ordered it and he has no idea when it's coming in he ordered it off yeah. at Amazon it's like it's back ordered and like, one day it's just going to show up in his house and be like who the heck ordered this I don't remember it's, buying this it's funny because um, so I was obviously Joy knew that I was reading this Joy Miss, Miss Nitro and she uh, she at the end of me finishing volume 2 she's like so would you if our kid was in middle school, would you want him reading this? And after the first volume, I was like, yeah, I would be 100% fine with it. But after this one, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Cause this, I think the second volume is where a lot of the, I think where a lot of the concern might have come in from, from parents, I guess. I don't know. Uh, this volume was a lot of a tougher read. I, I... I don't, I don't want to say I would not be okay with them reading it if they were 13 or 12, but I, I, in my opinion, I think a 12-year-old or whatever, or a 13-year-old, this is a lot to process, in my opinion. It's a lot of know. stuff. Um, I think for me, just off the bat, I think I kind of feel the same as I did, like I said, last week. Mm-hmm. I think I'm okay them reading it as long as there's a space for a conversation, and I would look to have yeah. a conversation with them about it. Yeah. and talk to them about it i don't think it's a good thing for them to get it on its own yeah especially this volume yeah because <coughs> this because that's the that's the interesting thing this volume has a lot 
more hard hitting stuff in it, but like you said, like it's more stuff happens in the first volume. The first volume is the whole war almost. It's a ton of narrative in the first volume. This one is not a this lot. This is all. Not the, a lot happens. The like first volume is all lead eight. up to this. The whole volume, like the first volume, ends without getting to Auschwitz. But the thing is, the first volume ends in nineteen forty four. World War Two lasted from thirty nine to forty five. Almost the entire war and what took place to um, Vladik Spiegelman during the war happens in Volume 1. This is like the last year of the war gets a volume about the same thickness as the it's first one. 20 pieces, pages less, maybe, but it's about the same size. Yeah, I mean, like maybe, like maybe a chapter less, because it's like five, because there's five chapters as opposed to six, but like the chapters, some of them are also longer. Yeah. With some of the stuff in them, and it's like it's literally everything that happens at Auschwitz. One of the cool things that I like about this is just how this thing, like, was super, and I hate to keep using this word, but this is like a super meta book, like, because it keeps alluding to itself, being written on the actual page that it's illustrated the stories written. are the stories are awesome so like the cool. actual family like because they talk about it yeah. and they have actual conversations and then there's even the really interesting part of like even like the second chapter and it kicks off it kicks off him talking about his father's death mm-hmm. like because like the first volume yeah, came out and then he's working on the second volume and as he's working on the second volume his father legitimately passes away yeah so like so at the start of the second chapter is like him processing this and working through a lot of the stuff he went through with his father and his relationship with his father and like you know like kind of like we talked about last time it's very real it's very human experience and emotion like he's his father is not the best man in the world no it's very easy it'd be very easy to paint a holocaust survivor Mm -hmm. as this phenomenal man yeah. to like came through this stuff and he's hard strong and even all the stuff that's going on with him oh it was probably the war that did that to him mm-hmm. and like, he's very upfront like no my dad was a bit of a jackass and he's a bit yeah. of a jackass before the war as well the war didn't do this and he was a racist <laughs> yeah he was a racist like towards black people we find out yeah. like in like chapter four and it's funny because and, and like, like and um, his fiance calls him out on it he's like yeah yeah how can Art's you Art's of all people be racist to a group of people after what you went through I know. And he goes, it's not the same. You wouldn't understand. But, like, it started, like, Jay and I had a really great conversation off of it and talking about it of, like, how, like, his experience, because his experience came from the fact of, like, him dealing with black people was living in New York and him leaving values about and it was black people that would steal them. Mm-hmm. And he, he roped that into, like, if, you know, what would you do if you come to a brand new place with a group of people that you've never experienced before, living in Poland, living in Europe, you never really came across a black community. Mm-hmm. But every black person he came across in New York was someone who took something from him. Mm-hmm. And then you tar that brush. I'm like, you can almost see the little steps of like why his thought process became like that. And you can almost see the little pro- steps of like how the thought process would go from like that to what happened with Hitler. Like, those experiences and those things being churned up inside him, like, it's... I mean, that's how the Second World War came about. That's how what Hitler's, like, hatred towards the Jews came from. It it wasn't, like, a... this massive hatred at all times. Like, it started with little steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as laid out in the first book, yeah. To get to where it was, and it was, like, how... 
But it was also like really awesome to kind of read that and realize how easy it is to fall into that. Mm-hmm. And like that's it's quite, if quite you quite don't so check funny. it, if you don't like reassess yourself and reassess like because I would be I, I you can make that judgments about anybody. You can pick any group of people and make those judgments. And if all you've ever done like if you know, I mean, even like me, like I can do it white on white. Like you know, as a Scotsman coming to America, if every American I met was a specific way, hmm. I've got no evidence to the contrary that Americans can be different. Like if every American was like the stereotype we got on TV in Scotland, you know, the big, brash, loud, rude, don't give a damn about anyone else or anything yeah. else that isn't them. Yeah. If that's the only Americans I ever met, like yeah. After a while, after you've met three, four, five of them, and they're all like that, mm-hmm. it's very hard to make an argument that they're not. Mm-hmm. If that's your only experience of it, and it's like it's, I guess in my head it was like it was a really interesting way of me kind of like processing and thinking of how you can easily fall into that mindset. Yeah, I feel like even like I, I got obviously I've never lived anywhere but America, but I feel like in America specifically, it's really easy to get like locked into an idea ideology especially with the media and everything like that like you feel like you at at times you're arguing yourself into that ideology and that's a very dangerous thing to not be to not look at stuff um open-mindedly you know what i'm saying even if you have a strong stance with something being able to see somebody else's point of view or be able to just listen uh i think is obviously super important i think it's a very important thing to i think something that like the people human beings especially in this day and age and apparently you know in all past accounts as we've seen throughout this book for multiple reasons <clears throat> it's very hard for people to stop and admit that they may be wrong mm-hmm. like whether it's your perspective on someone whether it's something that you've went through whether it's something that's occurred to you whether it's a group of people that you've had an issue with yeah to come out of your own I've been hurt, this happened to me screw all of you, this is the right way to think because this is my experience mm-hmm. which, you know, like which shoot me down if I'm completely out the wrong but having lived in America I feel like it's a big mentality over here, especially is the what about me mentality mm-hmm. you know, it's like that we, we you know, it's like this such and such is going on and all this situations happen, it's like oh yeah that's fine but what about me yeah And it's like, I think that's a mentality that needs to be broken because we have to come out of our own selves. And like, like in his experience, if every black person I ever met had stolen something from me, it'd be very easy for me to come into a mentality of all black people are like thieves and muggers and, you know, gangbangers and whatever other like stereotypes that still exist to this day in a lot of America. Mm-hmm. And actually think, and come to like every new like black person I meet as this is a new experience. Mm-hmm. who are you or every mm-hmm. Jew I meet or every Asian I meet or every you know it's like it'd be very yeah. easy to get in the mentality of my experience is conformness rather than coming out of it and saying maybe that's not the whole yeah maybe that's not the whole mentality and I think that's a, a, a big message that I get coming out of this at least that's the way I got my brain working and thinking was we do need to be on guard like there are people out there who don't want us to talk about the holocaust yeah. There are people out there who don't want to acknowledge that this is a part of history. And it's this thing of, like, we don't want to acknowledge it because it's almost this weird thing of, like, we don't want to be reminded of the sourness of the past because 
and we have this almost weird thing of like we want to be aware of change in this country but you know in this world as a whole but we also don't let go of the past in a weird way it's this really weird like juxtaposition of like where it doesn't actually make sense we don't want to remember the bad stuff but god forbid someone's bad stuff comes up we will never let them forget it yeah we don't want to talk about the holocaust but james gunn 14 years ago made a single joke that was made a bunch of jokes that were out of character and like that he apologized for yeah but we're never going to let him forget that there was a bad thing it's like it's this weird thing of like we need to be able to admit that bad stuff happened yeah i think in general and grow from it and allow ourselves to like this did happen but we've learned like this country has a racist past it has you know black people were slaves and the slave trade happened and all that stuff is it perfect now no yeah but we also have to admit that from where we came from we have progressed and it is progressing and we are changing and different stuff is starting to happen and you know i feel like there's a big thing in this country specifically there's like there's just like a lack of empathy there's a lack of empathy for other people's experiences mm-hmm. and not just the african-american experience but just and i think it just oh yeah from anyone yeah i would agree um but like and there's there's a lack of grace those two things i think if if, if we were able to adopt more of that you know to, to some extent i think it would go a long way honestly mm-hmm. I, I know that's a super generalized statement but no i, I would, I feel I like, would agree. like this nation is like devoid of that right now and it shows yeah, like I would, I would absolutely agree that there's this weird thing of like we don't that my life and what I've been through is more relevant than yours, and if yours is different from me, well, you're just wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, if your if your experiences are different from me, like you know, I had a hard upbringing, all this stuff happened to me, all this stuff went through. Well, I grew up in the same place as you, and I had an amazing life, so you just didn't have, you know. You must have done. You must have done something wrong because, like, my life was great. Yeah, and it's like, no, both experiences are valid. Yeah, your your positive experience does not invalidate my negative one, or vice versa. Exactly. This country is very much like I kind of mentioned, like, and I've noticed it here in the states. And chances are, like, you know, they say everything's bigger in America. It's like. I think like the the amplification of this is there, and I don't think it's just an American thing. I think it's a Western thing, especially. Um, I don't know about a global thing, but especially in the West as a whole, it's very much a case of it's about me. And we get so inward focused, we get so inward driven, and we get so like my life. I need to do this. I need to live this way. I need to get this stuff sorted. I need. To, that it's really hard to stop and feel empathetic to someone else. Yeah. To stop and ex- and understand someone else's life and what other people have gone through. That's why stuff like this is important. Mm. You know, because at the same time, like, your experiences are just as valid as my experiences. But I would also say to a certain extent, like, my, my knowledge and understanding of Auschwitz... And World War Two, and scenarios like that don't outweigh somebody who lived through it. To a certain extent, this is why it's important to keep, you know, delving into this stuff. Why it's important to, to read stories like Mouse and to read about the story of Vladik and what happened to him because, what did happen here? Mm-hmm. Because we can argue back and forth whether this is relevant or not relevant, but 
what was the actual experience in this book? What was the actual experience like, of this life? And then talking about empathy, like there's there's multiple points in this, especially in the volume two, where you know Vladik is a hard man, like with his son, and it's just the way that he communicates with his son, and it's it's part of it's his personality. Obviously, part of it is what he went through, and part of it is his station in life later on in life. But there's a couple mm-hmm. points uh, later on when when Art is just listening to his dad and being genuinely interested in what his dad has to say that you can tell like his dad appreciates that yeah and just by the way he interacts with art and i think that's honestly just what a lot of people just want people to listen like yeah i just need somebody to listen to me that's it like and even that just that act just, of listening to someone is 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 an empathetic gesture like just to feel opening. validation yes a validation of I hear you, I hear your experiences, and that's a valid experience. That's a valid thing that you have gone through. Mm-hmm. And not just shoving it off like, oh, you're just overreacting and pushing it to the side. No, you went through an experience, you had an emotional reaction to it, you've gone through these emotions, and the emotions you're feeling towards it are valid. Yeah. Your experiences are valid. Kind of like what you know, Dee saying in chat there, is like, I feel like a lot of people have forgotten that other people are also people their own lives that are independent and and your perspectives and experiences involving them we want to be validated as people that although your experiences are different from my experiences that your experiences are just as valid as my experiences mm-hmm. they might be different i might never have experienced them i might never have gone through the same stuff you've gone through but your experience of a situation is just as valid mm-hmm. you know whether that's something simple as having grown up, whether that's something, you know, something simple as like, do you want to know how insane we get with this, with other people's experiences? It's, look at us, like, we're, we're in the comic book community. Massive community. Over the last, like, what, five years, or however long it's been, look at the war that has occurred between those that love the movies from the DCEU like Batman v Superman, Justice League all that sort of stuff and those that really cannot stand them mm-hmm. it isn't just a, like a well if you like it, awesome Yeah. and if you don't like it okay, maybe it's not for you Yeah. it became utter war venomous yeah. hatred and attacks on each other Yeah. what? and that's over superhero movies yeah that's not even like talking about the way that we get towards people of other like you know political parties or other people of different religions or uh, different like wants and desires you know we're not even going to get into the whole like the different perspectives on abortion and gun violence and all these other things that separate us you know uh, in mentioning the gun violence reminds me of an article I read from uh, written by Rhett, the guy from Rhett and Link, the uh, the YouTubers, mm-hmm. and he says the biggest issue isn't the fact that we have these differing opinions. The biggest issue is the fact that we can't sit and talk about them. Mm-hmm. We can't have a conversation that it still is valid. Yeah, you know that my perspective, even though it's different from yours, we can't sit and have a conversation about those differing perspectives. And I think that's a big thing, regardless of what the other people are going through, regardless of, you know, what you feel about it. Like, if we can't have that differing perspective, if we can't have that differing conversation, that's an issue. That's a yeah, problem. 
says in, in chat, this topic speaks to me on a personal level, to be honest. Lately feeling a lot like I'm constantly having to explain and justify why I choose things differently or in the way that I am for other people's benefit without being able to just exist and be accepted as a unique person without my differences and offending people that don't have the same experience as I do. That's wrong. Yeah. And that's a very valid thing to use. Like, I think that's... I think the truth is a lot of people don't talk about it, but I think more people probably feel like that than you would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think of the wars that have happened in this country just in the last few years. Like we talk about that over the superhero movie, but over the different stuff, like let's talk the political parties. You know what I mean? It's like uh, whether you're a Trump supporter or a Trump hater, whether you're backing Biden or not, whether you're somewhere in between. And I'm not going to get into political stances or anything like that. Please don't start killing yeah. each other in the chat. I, I'm not. We're not getting into that. It's like, I will time you out if we do. That's not what it's about. That's not my point. Yeah. My point is that both sides can't have a conversation. Yeah. To make the country work, we have to find a middle ground between these two opposites, mm-hmm. these two extremes from each other. It's like, well, to make the country work, it's like, we need to find a middle ground to make it work. And it's like, no, we'd rather just try and yell and shout and kill each other because that means we either change stuff every four years back and forth between the two or we just never change anything because we're stuck in a stalemate yeah it's like the the de facto default is um just conflict it's like polarization you know yeah yeah uh guess saying uh, learning that it's okay to be myself and not responsible for other people's assumptions about me shouldn't be a massive life-changing and freeing event as an adult but i also don't think i'm alone in this no you're absolutely not you're absolutely not and it's like i think I think that's where Miz really finds an amazing footing. Because after I finished reading each chapter, I wasn't done. I found myself thinking and processing and thinking about situations and being challenged by stuff and like even talking about that, like, you know, like this man lived through World War Two. This man lived through going to concentration camps and Auschwitz and be taken back to Germany. And when he gets freed, he gets freed like three times and he keeps getting rounded back up by different German groups and all this. And this man who's gone through this much hatred against his own people is still racist towards another group. That alone gets a conversation going. And I talk about situations and I talk about, well, how did we get in a situation like that? Yeah. He's went through that. Surely he should be like the least racist person you're ever going to meet. But it's not that simple. People are not that simple. But people still deserve to be loved and be validated. Yep. I say, and I've seen people online rip each other apart over the Batman because Robert Pattinson was in Twilight. They don't like the movie. So they go anyone who liked it uh, so they go at anyone who liked it and it's like like really like yeah and that's it though it's like a, you're allowed your opinion mm-hmm. and your opinion is a valid opinion I don't have to agree with it whatever that perspective is whatever like the topic is that we're killing each other over today or that we're arguing about or that we're condemning people for or cancelling each other for whatever the topic it doesn't matter if I agree with you or not I want to be able to have a conversation with you about it yeah I'm if you come into our channel especially and like come listen to our podcast come hang out in our socials and our discord I hope 
you're aware that no matter what your perspective is and how different it may be from ours, you will never be condemned here. You are loved, you are welcomed, you are accepted here. We want to connect with you as you are. I want us to have conversations and be civil about it. And if you never agree with that person, that's okay. Agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah we need to get back to the back to the point where we can disagree and still be one hundred percent okay with the other person. Yeah, like that should not be abnormal. That should be a normal thing. You're not. You're never gonna agree with everybody on, on everything. Like even my wife and I, like we agree, we disagree on like some big stuff. Yeah. You know, I have I have friends that you know them and their wives voted dip differently <laughs> you know shocker but they're still married you know yeah like, it's, it's okay like it's okay <laughs> it's okay I mean, there, to are, have there different... are there are things that you should be like that's not okay you know let's talk through that like racism yeah. not okay like let's let's talk through that but at the same time like some people are in a different are in a different point where they're processing through stuff and you know you might just have to walk them through that but that's the thing as well though that's the thing like it sitting having the conversation doesn't mean you're justifying the behavior you're correct <clears throat> you know like if i come down and i meet with someone who is a full-blown 100 percent racist who like you know take what happens in america is the big one the big one is like hate you know racism towards black people they get treated differently they're not seen as the same they're not seen as equally human all of that stuff if you meet someone who is like that my response to them should be the same response as I have to anyone else. Is that I can sit down and have a conversation. I disagree with you. I disagree with your stance. I don't think it's right. But I'm still going to show love to you. Hate what they stand for. You don't need to hate the person. <clears throat> You know, I, I realize we are so far off topic, but we're kind of going. No, this, this path is a good topic. Hey, I kind of. Yes, if you could turn my mic up a bit. Oh yeah, uh, sure. I might be a little quiet. Yeah, yeah. Let me turn it up. Sorry, that's Sorry probably that. probably turn it down for music during the gaming streams. So let me turn it up a little. D, I see your comment though. You said you can confirm this channel is the opposite of the problems we're talking about now. It's one of the biggest reasons I feel like I belong and loved in this community, even though I'm not a comic fan, and I don't even know these guys. These great guys are talking about half the time. Well, we appreciate you. We appreciate um, it. We dude. really do. Yeah, we really do. We appreciate that because we honestly appreciate everybody that shows up, even if it's just yeah. a lurk. And I know Absolutely. a lot of people say that, but we, legit, we do because yeah, we're, you're taking your time out. You're taking your time out to come and support two guys that ramble about comics for as, as their hobby, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to say this last little thing to wrap this up because we really do need to get into the book because we're already yeah. like past three o'clock. It's past our halfway point. Um. I got challenged a long time ago and it's a movie you can still find it online you can still find like the digital download of it and I was really challenged by it and it was a movie called Furious Love and um, anyone coming to the channel that's brand new we are Christians I do believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and this is a Christian documentary called Furious Love and my perspective as a Christian was greatly challenged by this movie It was challenged and it was pushed in the perspective of how you deal with other people. And it was simple stuff like 
a man standing on a street like you're in a college campus you know there was a bunch of different tables with a bunch of different like religions being on show and standing there and like you know just talking to people and showing love to them and he even had like witches coming up to him people who like you know warlocks and wiccans and you know people who were like enemies of the christians you know, oh, we shouldn't we shouldn't go into the Wiccans. You don't you don't want to talk to witches. He talked to them. Mm-hmm. He showed them love. Even had the honor of praying with them. And he says, and one of the biggest things that happened to me, these men that came up to me didn't accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They didn't become Christians. They didn't renounce it. He says, but one of the things was one of the the witches was wearing. He was wearing like a cloak with a hood up. And the guy just like lowered his hood. And he said it seemed like such a little thing, he says, but it was a it's a sign of honour and respect for him to stand there and lower that hood mm-hmm. next to someone like that who's meant to be an enemy. Mm-hmm. These we've gotten into this weird perspective as Christians and it's a big thing that we need to address as a whole in America in this country. Because so many people consider themselves Christians in a country founded on Christians is people are not the enemy mm-hmm. and they never have been I mean I kind of live along the same lines like I don't want to get too like <laughs> religious or whatnot, but you know in the Bible when, when Jesus came on the scene the people that he hung out with were considered the worst of the worst yeah. Like he hung out with prostitutes, he hung out with tax collectors, which were like worse than the worst, worst people. He hung out with like the quote unquote dredges of society. That's who he that's who he chose to hang out with. And like, you know, Cross and I, we as Christians are supposed to use Jesus as an example of how to treat other people. So, yeah. But that said, Jesus hung out with the worst of the worst people in society. And I say like the worst of the worst. Yeah. And I say in that perspective, it was the ones that the religious authorities at the time considered horrible people. Yeah. He hung out with them, and the thing is that I love is he didn't, he didn't like throw scripture at them. Mm-hmm. He didn't like slam them with the Bible and you know you're going to hell. Him. You need to change your ways, and you need to do that. No, he did none yeah. of that. It's the only people he did that to were the people who were calling themselves religious. Yeah, the religious people were the ones he did it to because it's like you should know better. This is the stuff you yeah. preach. Why aren't you living it? Yeah. To the people who were the worst of the worst, he sat down with them, he broke bread with them, he ate with them, he connected with them, and he loved he them. them. He loved on them exactly where they were. And that has always been my driving force for Comics in the Cross. That was one of the main things behind me wanting to create this channel. Was I don't want to come in here and shove scripture down people's throats and like hit them over the head with the Bible and tell them how horrible they're being. It's like because I I don't believe it. I believe in the furious love. Mm-hmm. I believe everyone comes in here. I don't care if you're if you're gay, if you're bi, if you're transgender, if you're transsexual, I don't care if you're Muslim, if you're witch, if you're Wiccan, if you're, you know, Islamic, if you're uh, Buddhist, if you're black, white, Asian, Native American, you know. It's like I, yeah. I, I don't care 
Yeah. What differences we can create. I don't care if you voted for Biden, if you voted for Trump. I don't care if you if you love on people or if you think you're from the supreme race. It's like even you, if you're one of the ones that society considers horrible mm-hmm. for that, it's like we love you mm-hmm. and want you to be here. Yeah. This place is designed for a furious love. Um you will be loved and you will be accepted. The only time I will ever kick you out of here or I will ban you out of here is if you full-blown start attacking the rest of the community and other members mm-hmm. within the community. If you come in and you're respectful and show love, then you're welcome to stay. And that's to anyone. You do not have to be a Christian to come in here. Correct. Look at these like comments. You don't even have to be a comic fan to come in here. And that's yeah. what we literally talk Apparently. about on a weekly basis is comics. You just have to come and be yeah. here. And we are more than happy to have you. And that's a big driving force I, I don't know how we got on this rant and this topic today <laughs> this is not where we were going today but I, I, sometimes a conversation just has to happen and we'll let yeah. it happen we are here to show furious love we love each and every one of you regardless of what your background is we're not asking you to come in here and become Christian we're not asking you to come in here and you know, I hope you do live that life. I hope you do get to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because I think it's an amazing life to live and I think it's a blessing and a benefit on your life. But I'm not going to exclude you if you don't. Yeah. You're still welcome here. And we love you. And we're glad that you're here. Yeah, you're all right. <laughs> whether you're <laughs> lurking, whether you're hanging out, whether you're chatting, whether you have a clue what we're talking about and are fully invested or whether you have no clue and just like to hang out. We're glad you're here. Yeah. All right. We have ranted way longer than we should have. Wow. We need to that was a good. That this. was a solid rant, man. That was a solid rant. The conversation just seemed to go that way from that. I yeah. don't know. I just hey, if that came up and it came out the way it did, I just trusted it was meant for someone. It was meant. Uh, first time chat viewer. Ah, oh, thank you so much for the follow. Welcome to the comic clan. I am trying to see your name. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to say your name. Is San? I'm not gonna. Lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna go with Isan. Is a short for that. If there's a shorter word you want to be called by, a name you want to go by, by all means, please let us know. I am so Welcome. sorry. I am awful at picking it up. Because the only other thing, either it's gonna be Isan or I just the only other letters sticking out to me desperately are C A Key. So I'm gonna start calling you Cake. Or Khaki. Khaki, maybe Khaki. We could call. We call him Khaki. Isan Khaki. I'm, I'm pro- we're probably murdering your screen name. And we, I we apologize. apologize. We're probably, yeah, we apologize. I apologize that we're probably murdering your screen name and possibly... Everybody has a nickname, pretty I'm much, in our chat, so... I found you from Rats Discord. Oh, nice! Awesome! Well, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us, and thank you for the follow as well. We appreciate it greatly. We're going to call you Khaki. <laughs> Khaki is what we're going for. I'm going to go with Isan. He's going to go with Khaki. If there's something you really want... Isan. Isan. Okay. okay, got it. All right, we'll do that. All right, but thank you so much for coming in, Asan. We greatly yeah, appreciate it. You missed a massive rant there, or maybe you caught it and um, just as you're starting to chat, but we're now going to finally dive into Mouse Volume 2, and we're going to hit this pretty fast because we are way past yeah. our time to delve yeah, into this. I mean, there's there's honestly, like like we've said multiple times, not a lot happens in this book. I mean, just to be, like, just to kind of summarize it at a high level, like, the first volume ends with him right at Auschwitz. Like, he's captured and he's taken to Auschwitz. And for the majority of Volume 2, you spend time with him in Auschwitz. And he gets transferred to Dachau, which is another concentration camp. 
Yeah. But that's inner, inner, that's transposed with modern day times, uh, or modern day with with his son Art and just just family dynamics, you know, and him him growing old, him dealing with his health, him dealing with his his wife who leaves him, just you know, not a lot happens, but it's it's a really cool narrative in volume two. Thank you, Asan. Redeeming the Asan, we're talking about. Um, you may have heard this in the news, but this is Mouse. This was a a graphic novel, Eisner-winning graphic novel, uh, written by Art Spiegelman about his father, Vladek Spiegelman, who went through um, Auschwitz and Dachau concentration camps. So it's about them. It's about Vladek specifically, but then it's about also Art's relationship with his father as he's writing the book. Uh, and the cool thing about it is it, it kind of anthropomorphizes different different people in the book. The Jews are 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 mouse, mice. Um, the Nazis are cats. And there's other, you know, Americans are dogs, Poles are pigs, <laughs> French people are frogs. It's, it's a really cool... Yeah, it's a really book. cool take on it. It yeah. helps kind of get the foot in the door learning a little bit about the concentration camps and what happened during World War Two. And it's not quite as... I don't want to say it like lulls you in, but it's almost like an easier step in. Yeah. yeah. Before you kind of start like realising it's serious. Um, so the first volume really kicks, or the first chapter in this one really kicks off with more of the real life stuff going on as we find out that uh, Vladik's like, current wife, um, his remarried wife that he's got, uh, Mala, has finally left him. She finally hit her breaking point. So, <laughs> so Art and yeah. his fiance are basically like, okay, we have to take care of her. And he takes the opportunity to learn a little bit more and delve into what happened at Auschwitz. Yeah. Auschwitz is like, just right from the get go, it's horrible what happens here. I mean, even like they get, they get like hosed down in the showers, um, get tossed clothing to wear in the camp. Doesn't even necessarily they don't need to check fit. the size. Yeah. They wear either big, it's too big, it's too little. There's a guy that basically talks about how he wanders around and like he's got, pants are too big and like he's got a, yeah. one shoe that keeps falling off and. Can, I, can we say, I know we called it out in volume one, but can we say again how scrappy Vladik is and how resourceful this dude is? This dude somehow manages, and I, I don't want to make light of his situation, but this dude somehow manages to basically be the top echelon of Jewish people within the concentration camp. This dude is a wheeler and dealer. He somehow... Dude, he is, man. Like, I, I, like there, I, I talked to Jay example. a little bit about it. You know how you talk about the fact of, like, we talked, like, some of the way that we see Vladik in like the current day when Art's writing it mm-hmm. and where like people automatically kind of go like oh that's probably what the war that made him do that made him like resourceful yeah. and grabbing onto stuff mm-hmm. and not wanting to utterly use yeah. it I would actually argue the opposite of like because they talk about oh he was always like that that's probably half of the stuff that made him yeah. get through and survive excuse mm-hmm. me the way that he did yeah, is because like that instinct was in him to like save stuff and to use stuff to barter and to bargain and to try and get his what he was looking for like it probably hit. I would say, like, that's that's the reason he survived Auschwitz and Dachau. Mm. Like, and I, I don't want to... There's so many situations that he was able to kind of, like, leverage to put him in a better position to kind of help, you know, both his wife, Anya, and other people, and himself. But, like, one specifically that... I'm, or two specifically that I'm thinking of. Um, people were looking for a tin man to help repair roofs. Mm. He had never worked tin before <laughs> never but he's like i'm a tin man i'll do it yeah. and he he's like uh, I, used to, I, I used to work near one of them like i went into the factory to do other stuff and i seen them working yeah. and it's like and it's like 
he watched the guys working on it once or twice and like, oh yeah, I could yeah. do that. Yeah. And just like completely talked his way into jobs and... And then another one, <laughs> uh, a Nazi general came in and somebody had told him that he, he, he repaired shoes and a Nazi general brought in one of his boots and he's like, this needs to look brand new or I'm going to kill you, basically. Yeah. So he's like, I can do it. So he took it to a, a leatherman that he knew in the camp and watched how he did it, and then he started <laughs> repairing shoes. He learned how he did it so he could do this perfectly, like, like traded with him, bartered his food with him that he had so that he could get it done perfectly, watched him so he could do it himself so that he could fix him because the guard then started sending all his friends to him. Like, oh, this guy did a perfect job, go see him. <laughs> he started getting all so this he was, work. He, was bas- he basically made himself <laughs> indispensable, and I honestly think that's, yeah. that's the reason he survived. If he, if he hadn't have been as resourceful as he was, he would not have survived. Because there's even so it, many close calls in this book with him. And even then, though, like, he starts off, like, at the very beginning, like, if you get into Auschwitz and he starts, like, he's struggling there and, you know, he gets a priest that talks to him in the beginning that helps him through and, okay, life starts and it's very hard and even the foreman's very hard on him, who's, like, a Polish guy who's in the camp as well, but just is a little higher than them. Yeah. But he, like, makes friends with the dude because he's like, I can teach you English. Yeah. So, What's going on with your light, dude? I have no idea. It's just, it's kind of doing its own thing. Dude, and so uh, it's kind of talking about what we were talking about earlier. Like, when he encounters that priest in the camp, the, mm-hmm. the priest is not Jewish. The priest, I, I assume, is either Catholic or Christian. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But he, he, he utilizes his knowledge of Jewish culture and Jewish, you know, religion to help Vladek through. And yeah, that's kind of what we were out, talking like, about earlier. Because he points out, like, the number that he's on that he's been branded yeah. with and, like, the different things that the numbers represent in yeah. like, Jewish law. Because like one That's thing, that, one thing that I got interested in a very uh, for a little while was the fact of like numbers that appear in the Bible and as a result in the Jewish um, yeah. text as well and the Torah and stuff, they tend to represent something. There yeah. tends to be a reason for them, and this priest does that. Like these things are like, well, this represents this, and this represents yeah. this. And he says it honestly helped me, got me to kind of through that first night. He says never yeah. seen the guy again. It's that empathy. It's that listening to someone. It's that talking somebody through somebody and just listening to their story. But yeah, so Vladek makes himself indispensable by like the the guy that's kind of like a, over the head of the prisoners. Like he he starts teaching them English, um, and he's like he wants to know English because like he knows German at the minute, and that's kind of helped him get in with the Germans and not be as punished in the camp. But he's like, yeah, but if they get overrun, like the, the you know the Brits and the Americans come in, they're all going to speak English. Yeah. So I want to yeah. be able to speak English with them and get on. The, this guy's hedging his bets on either side, whoever wins this war. Um, but he starts, like, treating Vladek well. Like, he gives him food and stuff, lets him pick out new, um, like, prison garb. Yeah. Uh, for him and for his friend, and, like, to, like, to actually fit and get some stuff for them. It's, like, it's really... But at the same time, you start getting little hints of, like, some of the horrible stuff that's going on as well at camp. Mm-hmm. Like, people are getting worked like crazy, like... It shows like a picture of one of the guards would just like steal caps off the prisoners and throw them mm-hmm. and tell them to go get it and as soon as the guy went to get it he would shoot him and claim that he was running away. And like so that guard literally put a situation where he threw the hat away, made the guy go get it, would shoot him and then get you know, get a week off for it as a for stopping an escape. So it's like but like even at the very beginning, Auschwitz feels like it's like oh it's rough, but like it doesn't feel like it's too bad quite this year. Like you you can tell we're not in the thick of it yet. Yeah. Like there's some hardships here, but at the same time you know it's this must get worse. 
and it alludes to uh, I mean later on in the book it alludes to every uh, occasionally pretty often I guess there was they would round up people separate them into groups and basically mass exterminate one of the groups and mm. and numerous times in the volume uh, in this volume volume two Vladik was tipped off by some of the people that he was helping of which group was going to be taken out and yeah. they were like you need to go in this group instead of this group or get over yeah. to the left instead of this group yeah and like he was able to stand at the far left do this go yeah. over here and you'll be fine and yeah. literally without that advice he would not have made it no he would not have um, there was one time where he I was like dude they didn't check the bathroom but he hid in the bathroom yeah he, he hid in the bathroom and he just sat there and thought if they come in I'll just say that I've got a really like, bad stomach and I'm stuck here and it's like they never came and checked the bathroom so like no. he just sat there until the word detail was over. It was kind of awesome. Um, um I do want to mention into then because very early on in chapter two, like we kind of mentioned it earlier, we get that my light is doing all sorts of weirdness. It's just <laughs> I think it's one of the bulbs is going out. Um Yeah, let me go and swap my light over. Alright. Um, but good. yeah, we're going to talk about uh, start at chapter two, the fact of like it opens with you know, Vladik's real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that, that no, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about that. So right when you pop into chapter two, there's a there's a picture of uh, Art at the drawing table, basically, and he's working on a comic, um, and he's kind of narrating his own life, and he's talking about how his dad had passed in 1982, and it's there's a really I don't want to say cool picture, but there's a really unique picture of him. He's writing at his writing desk, and underneath him are just bodies of, of dead Jews under him um, so you can tell like not only the death of his dad that he's trying to process but he's trying to process what he's actually writing um, yeah and and it's very it's, interesting because like it kind of goes into the a bit more we get a meta kind of commentary on it as well mm-hmm. as like he starts talking about like since the first books came out and the first volume has been a critical success at this point mm-hmm. but he starts talking about it like he's like he's getting interviewed and you know tell the viewers what message you wanted to tell to get from your book and he's like a message like, i don't know yeah like, oh, i never thought of reducing it to a message it wasn't meant to convince anyone of anything like your book's being translated into german many younger germans had it up to here with the holocaust stories these things happened before they were even born why should they feel guilty he's like, he's like who am i to say they're i'm not trying to make people feel guilty i'm just trying to tell my dad's story and he's like um, maybe they should feel guilty <laughs> You know, it's like a lot of the corporations that flourish now were back from when Nazi, so maybe everyone should feel guilty. Or yeah, and it's like let's talk about Israel. If this book was about Israeli Jews, what kind of animal would you draw? And it's like I don't know porcupines. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like all right, check out this licensing deal. You know, it's like you've read the book now. Get the vest. And you get the profits and put to this, and it's like it's like it's just constant bombardment of stuff. And he's like, I just wanted to tell my dad's story. Like, he even talks about the fact of them, like, he got, like, offers to make it into a show and make it into a movie. And he's like, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. That's that's not the purpose of it. I never made it to make money off of it. I made it to tell my dad's story. And I put it in a comic book form because I'm an artist. He gets to a point where he kind of gets overwhelmed. And it's kind of really sad. Like, you can see his character in the frame shrinking to the size of a little kid. And then he basically just says, I want my mommy. Yeah, and that's like that's like heartbreaking, because obviously his mom committed suicide uh, about twenty years earlier, prior yeah. or fifteen years prior. You know, and, and then, then it, there's a, there's a section where he's at the shrink and he's kind of talking through, and 
his shrink it was also a survivor of the holocaust so that uh, i feel like he's uniquely positioned to kind of help him and his relationship with his dad because he's still trying to process his dad's death and uh, what his relationship with his dad meant um yes yeah, yeah, so like, some really good conversations with that with the shrink yeah so we get a really great perspective of that and just kind of what he's going through because like this is the first time like we're getting almost like a meta commentary of a response to the book within the book and because obviously like it's a response to volume one but he's still writing volume two mixed in with the fact of like his dad passing away and like you know he got all the conversations we'll see later that he still got to speak with his dad and gets right up to the end of the book Mm -hmm. but at the same time like his father passing away not too long after it you know before the book was the second volume was even like you know released and there's a there's a really cool uh visual visual thing happening at the bottom of 46 top of 47 so as he's getting done with the shrink let me see if i can hold this up as he's getting done with the shrink at the bottom you can see he's going from the kid and he's basically saying i don't know every time i have conversations with this guy it makes me feel better and then he's talking about maybe this is what i can do with the book and then if you go to the top of the page he starts playing recordings from his dad and he starts to shrink back down to the little kid so like you can tell like he's just having trouble processing yeah you know? it's just a massive thing for him to process it's a massive yeah. thing for it to go through yeah um but then we delve back into auschwitz we get more of the rest of the story so vladik's mm-hmm. doing his thing of like managing to swindle his way into like his tin work and stuff happens at this point uh, you get perspectives which i really love of like talking about them getting food of like you almost you had to pick your spot in the food line like they were getting bowls of soup and it's like if you went too early in the line you basically got a bowl of water you wanted to get like later on in the line so you would get like chunky bits of soup with food in it and vegetables and different stuff but if you waited too far to the back of the line you got nothing yeah there was like one barrel for everybody and like if you didn't get food you didn't get food and this seems to be like a reoccurring thing yeah and you then know. it kind of goes into the layout of the of the camp, uh, Auschwitz specifically, how it was kind of split up into two camps, and the the relationship with him, between him and Anya, because Anya was in the bigger part, so Auschwitz two, Auschwitz, Auschwitz two, which was Birkenau, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Birkenau. And then he was in the smaller Auschwitz one, um, but it just talks about the how he would he managed to kind of get food to Anya and get letters and communication to Anya to figure out if she was still alive and how she was doing and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, it's really interesting to see. Cause like, again, like Vladik manages to make these connections and we get a little bit of Anya's story as well here of like how she's actually getting it rough. Whereas like Vladik is a wheeler and dealer that's connected with a foreman mm-hmm. and is again, again, a little bit of preferential treatment. Like she's completely the opposite. Like, she's carrying like barrels of soup the food for like the whole camp but it's too heavy for her to carry Mm -hmm. Um, and she keeps spilling it and even though she keeps spilling it like she keeps getting told like she's getting given the job by the foreman and then getting the crap beaten out of her for not doing the job and stuff it's like so she's very much getting like a lot harder than what Vladik's getting Um, but yeah as it kind of goes on like again Vladik just kind of keeps working his way through he ends up becoming the shoemaker as we talked about um he actually gets to see anya that's right i forgot about that like he manages to get work like with his tin roofing oh yeah that's right like fixing the roofs of some of the stuff that's on in the women's camp so he actually gets to go over there and gets to see anya and kind of briefly speak with her mm-hmm. um but it doesn't last on for too long 
you know it's like they can't really talk for too long or pretend that they're even interacting um, and I think it's him ends up getting the crap beat out of him at one point for it yeah because um, he says he, he they, the guard catches him talking to Anya yeah so the guard like literally pounds him and he has to get carried back to Auschwitz um, we also get a look at um, what was it they called it's like they get basically like a medical checkup. Oh, Whereas, yeah. like the guys like basically strip them down and like check over them or like are they still strong are they healthy is there any rashes or medical issues or anything like yeah. that and if you're too much like if there's too much going on or there's rashes or anything like that then you basically get taken off to the side mm-hmm. and you end up disappearing and these guys are, end up going to the chamber the gas chambers yeah. which they don't really know at the time but like there's rumours kind of already starting yeah, and like in a lot of panels in this in this volume, the smokestacks of the crematorium like loom large over the panels. Like it's it's presented tons of times in this in this volume. Yeah. And we then start to see that um, they start building more barracks next to Auschwitz, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a rumor that they're going to start moving some of the female prisoners there. So Vladik as Vladik is starts wheeling and dealing and like working out what do I need to pay to get Anya moved there yeah and there's even like a thing of like he has to like save up so much bread to pay for certain things to pay for cigarettes cigarettes to use to pay for vodka so that he can pay off guards and try and get her there and then even like when Anya does move there he tries to like toss her extra food and that gets her in trouble because she gets caught one day and like and literally get attacked by her foreman and makes them like all of them exercise until like some of them are literally dropping dead yeah but nobody tattles on her nobody tattles nobody does anything like that which is it's insane when we get to page 70 we get a really harrowing thing that one of the 10 things that he had to do was to work at Auschwitz and my camera's here it's basically a diagram and we get like a map diagram of the layout of the gas chamber which I don't know, there's something very shaking about seeing it seeing the description of it laid out like this and there's something almost very shaking about the fact of like it's literally set up like this is some sort of shower spa sort of thing Yeah. like when they come in there's like stuff up on the walls and there's hooks to hang their stuff up on as if they're about to get a freaking spa treatment mm-hmm. and then they get hustled in and gassed yeah. and it's like And then it's like, it's one of those things of like, see whatever you think of Auschwitz, the stories you think you've heard, like they get gassed and it's horrible. And these dead bodies, and like when the doors would open, they'd be like dead bodies piled at the door because those that survive longer are like desperately trying to get out and claw marks and scratch marks. And and then it's like, because I thought that's horrible enough. And then it goes on to, oh yeah, by the way, some of them survived that. And what did they do with them? They tossed them in the pit out the back of the gas chambers with all the dead bodies and set it alight. So they burned the bodies to get rid of them. And if you happened to survive the gas chamber, you didn't survive long because they just set you on fire with the corpses. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, dude. Yeah. I'll- and the, like I know this is like this we're gonna this is some really intense stuff. 
Yeah, this so is just about obviously to, uh... warning, warning. But um, it talks about them taking the fat from the bodies that they burned and pouring it on the people that they put into the pit, so they would burn better. I'm just like, good grief, man. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I love how like, uh, I love that Art even asks him about that. Like, did did nobody ever fight back? Like, if they knew what was going on, and he's like, "Well, you know, try and take some of the guards with you," sort of thing. And it's like, "Oh yeah, some guys fought back and even killed some of the guards." You know, the girl, and he says like, "But the girls just snuck the guys the ammunition to do it." The guys got killed and then they got hung for it. Yeah. Like any sort of rebellion was quelled instantly and with overkill. To ensure that nobody else did it. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I had a buddy. Um, he worked for a German company. It's like an automotive company. And he had to fly over there for something. And he visited Dachau, which is uh, some. There's another concentration camp that we'll talk about a little in, in, in just a moment. But mm-hmm. he got a chance to go into the gas chamber. And he said, you can see where like people had scraped into the concrete and like it was terrifying it was terrifying that's and it just feels like every time Vlad it came close to something kind of good it just started to fall apart from here like mm-hmm. like learning that stuff it just feels like it gets worse and worse from here mm-hmm. it definitely gets worse and worse from here like he, yeah. ma- he makes friends with a dude who said like makes a space up in the attic of like okay they're going to start shuffling people look the war's ending yeah. We're going to start shifting people from the camps back to Germany now. Mm-hmm. But we're going to come up here and a bunch of us are going to hide and stay out the road and find our way out. Yeah. And then when they start to do that, the dude comes running up like, we need to get out. We need to leave with the rest of them. They're yeah. literally about to burn down and bomb this site. They're going to leave nothing standing. Yeah. And like, so their way to try and get out there is completely derailed. They have, they're forced to walk through the forests, which is like, people are just like killing over dying mm-hmm. and they walk through this forest in the winter you know as they end up there they start getting marched like a fair distance you know, it was a, uh, it's, uh, it's about 120 miles I think mm-hmm. if I had to guess. yeah it was something like that it's like, I mean like they get marched a long way and they finally get to a train station and it's not a normal train it's like a cattle train they put like horses and cattle in the stables like like coaches and they cram as many Jews as they can fit it, to me I think this is probably one of the worst parts of the story like this, are obviously awful but this train ride was just everything terrible. that happens from the train ride onward freaking gets me I thought Auschwitz was going to be the worst thing but like this is this feels like the never ending torture because this is like you're almost at this point thinking the war's done. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to read a little bit of this. Yeah, go for it. Um, go for it. Uh, so, yeah, so basically they put everybody into a train. Um, we lay one on top of another, like matches, like herrings. I pushed to a corner not to get crushed. High up, I saw a few hooks to chain up maybe some animals. So he basically took his sheet and hung it on some hooks to, so he could be above everyone. Yeah, they made like a There's little two... hammock where he like, was like above. Had... So let me show the picture of that. Yeah. I had still the thin blanket they gave me. I climbed to somebody's shoulder and hooked it strong. In this way, I can rest and breathe a little. This saved me. Maybe 25 people came out from this car of 200. 
That's 175 people crammed into this car that didn't come back out alive. Yeah. And he, they, they weren't, they didn't give him any food, no water. The reason he was able to survive was he scraped snow off the top of the train. And then, um, of course, they all started fighting, trying to get him to give them snow and give them something. The train stayed so without moving. I don't know how long, up to a week. Then one day they opened. Throw out the dead and clean up your filth. The dead had bread left, or better, shoes we kept. They didn't need any more. Outside, many trains standing for weeks, what they never opened, and it was everyone dead inside. They closed us again. We were very happy. We had now room where to stand. Near to the door, we piled up new dead ones. Each day, the Germans opened. How many dead? And we threw out, and soon we had room to even to sit. Then the train started again, going and going. Inside, we were more dying, and some got crazy. So it's just like weeks and weeks of them traveling on a train, not being fed, no not food, being watered. No water. Like it's, even like that, like I love the, the description that he kind of puts in it because it's just the thought of like they pulled into a station and you think it's over, and then the train sits there for weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and even like that, it talks about there was nowhere to stand, so anyone that fell, whether or not they wanted to, ended up getting trampled on. Mm-hmm. And like, and all these dead bodies piling up, he says, like, clean up your filth, and I'm like thinking, like, yeah, there's no food and there's no water, but they're still going to the bathroom. They still have to. Mm-hmm. you know it was like relieve themselves and it's like this was sick and then he cleaned out the dead bodies cleaned up their own filth grabbed the stuff they wanted off the corpses because they didn't need it but then you're yeah. shuffled back in and it's just like rinse cycle repeat you know mm-hmm. and it was that way all the way to Dashaw like I, I can only imagine how many actually came out of those trains compared to how many initially got on them it's insane yeah. You know, and then they finally get to Dalshaw. And it's like they are all crammed in to a single space, all having to lie in it. And all of it's like, yeah, you have to go and get your soup and go and get your food and go and get whatever. It's like, yeah, but if you've got lice on you, you don't get anything. And they're living in beds that have literally got lice all over them. Yeah. So it's like impossible to not have lice. And it's like, and it says, and again, him, <laughs> again, like, one, he, he manages somehow hoodwink his way into being able to barter for a new shirt <laughs> yeah because i love it it's like heaven forbid like, you spill someone else's food because like they're literally mm-hmm. killing each other over this mm-hmm. yeah. what little food some of them were actually able to get but even before even before he swindles into getting more soup like the first thing he does is like is like he gets an injury in his hand and he makes it worse yeah so he can go to the infirmary <laughs> Because in the infirmary, like he can do like certain little jobs with a single handedly. And he gets three meals a day. But he gets three meals a day. It's like and he keeps like kind of re injuring the hand until like he can't do it anymore until they're getting suspicious and he kinda of, like, okay, it's getting better. Yeah. Um and then he goes out into the field, he makes friends with a Frenchman. Who is like I, I, how the hell did he even get here? Like he's not Jewish, he's not anything like that. It's like just somehow ended up in one of the camps and was shuffled back here with everyone else. Yeah. Poor guy only speaks French and English, so he's been desperately looking for someone at the camp that speaks English. Because like, he's literally been there not able to communicate with anybody, so Vladiki basically adopts him. Mm-hmm. And of course he's not Jewish, so he starts getting like packages from the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. Which are full of food, so he manages to make friends with Vlad. Once he's made friends with Vladiki, he shares it. And then Vladik starts bartering with it. So I've got a chocolate bar. 
and it's like, what do you want? And it's like, your shirt. So like, I'm going to freeze, give you that and your bread ration. And I'm like, okay. And then he gets the shirt, cleans it off, keeps it hidden away and then displays it every time he has to show his shirt. And, and if there's um, lice in it for getting food. And he does the same thing. They do the same barter to get the Frenchman in it so that the two of them like share, like show off these clean shirts so they can get food to make sure that they stay well fed. Yeah. Then, as much as he wheels and deals, what happens next is sheer luck he survived. Because they all start to contract typhus. Mm -hmm. They don't get treatment. Nope. They're all, like, suffering in beds. They've all got fevers and sweats and they're not sleeping through the night. He talks about, like, to go to the bathroom, like, I had to, like, go downstairs and literally walk over corpses standing on them to get there worrying I'm going to slip and fall and worrying like if I die here am I just going to be one of the next corpses to get stood yeah. on and like he literally is like dying his bed he tries to scream and he like he can and gets to the point the only way he can move is if people carry him he has to like use his bread to barter to get people to take him to the bathroom when he needs to go and they have to carry him out when they finally get the news that the strong enough prisoners are getting put on a train for a prisoner exchange. You know, it's like, how the heck he made it to the train? He's like, I have no idea. It's like, I had to get yeah. carried out. Because like, he said even if they let go for a second, he fell because he couldn't. He just couldn't hold himself up. And like, but he makes his way onto the train. And like, he, he they were shocked because he's like, I thought this was for the Gestapo. And I'm like, no, this is an actual train. Like, not a cattle train, not a one for transporting animals, like a literal train. Yeah. And it's like, blew his mind. And then, like, starts the journey of... The very, very end. The multiple releases. Which is the this only way I could describe it. Like, this guy, yeah. the war's over pretty much at this point. Like, as we go into this part of it, like, mm -hmm. there's a prisoner exchange, the war's over. Um, and like there's multiple times here where they think they're free get captured, think they're about to die something happens, they're fine and it yeah. just keeps happening and it's like oh my goodness like at <clears> one time <throat> the Germans round up the, the Jews that they find um, and they line them up near a lake and they line up machine guns all around them cause, so obviously they're going to exterminate them and so they go to sleep that night thinking that they're not going to wake up and then they wake up and the Germans are gone and the machine guns are there yeah. <laughs> Well, even in the setup for that, like they get basically get tossed on a train, yeah, they're like, and they're getting told like, okay, you're gonna go to the next town over. There'll be Americans there, mm -hmm. and it's like, and he said this was the first time like we we got in the news that the war was over, but this was the first yeah. time we really felt it was mm -hmm. because none of the Germans got on the train with us, and like the train stops and we're like, there's no one here. I'm like, oh my goodness, we're free, and they like they split off in different directions, and then that group of Germans finds them. Yeah, and lines them up at the lake and I love one of the descriptions as well like this old dude in his 50s literally says screw this and jumps <laughs> into the lake and swims for it and he gets yeah. away like the dude literally gets away they can't shoot him they keep Hilarious. missing and I like he literally saw his chance and went screw this I'm going and he made it and Vladik and his friend says if the real shooting starts we'll do the same we'll just we'll swim yeah. for it and hope for the best but yeah, they wake up the next morning, as you said, they find all the machine guns left there, the Germans are gone, so they start heading down the road and walk straight into another German army who, like, troop who round them up. 
and stick them in a barn and they, this one's kind of worse because they hear like gunfire going off in the hills yeah. and all this but they wake up the next morning and they're gone again and they just open the door and just walk out and they just wander out and then like they find a place to stay but it's don't it's a German guy who's like ready to hand them over but they find a, an empty house with a bunch of stuff in it like they sleep in the barn they find like milk and food and different things they drink so much milk they get sick yeah it's like they get a change of clothes and all this and then the Americans show up and it's like for the first time it's like we're literally free yeah we're properly free because like yeah the Americans tell them like yeah the only Germans left are either dead or dying and it's like mm-hmm. yeah there's no Germans here and Vladik being the man he is or Willie as they call him it becomes his nickname for some reason because apparently Americans can't say Vladik Willie they basically take them on because he keeps doing up their uniforms and everything for them and the Americans give them food and he basically works his way into a job <laughs> working with the Americans like dude I, immediately it's hilarious I he don't know how he does this mode. I don't know how he does it but like almost immediately every time Vladik gets a job doing something um, but yeah the next little bit is very kind of sad because it comes back yeah. to the real world and he starts showing all the pictures he finds a box of pictures um, of, that he wants to show his son yeah and it's all family members from like Anya's side and it's mostly Anya's side he goes through a ton of them mm-hmm. and it's almost even more heartbreaking when he describes his side of the family because it's like well there's all these people who says, well what about your family and he's like me and my little brother Yeah, that's all that's left and I don't know if you've got a handy I can grab it if not like the family, I don't yeah the little pamphlet the family tree like because yeah. Nitro showed this if you saw this last week Nitro showed this off and I feel like just like reading those chapters just made it hit home like hearing Vladik talk about it but okay here's the Spiegelman family tree like the grayed before, out before the grayed the out war. names of people that died before the war before the war happened though this is all the family members right and down here is like um like Vladik and Anya and then their first son Richu. then this is the family tree after the war yeah that's that's insane man like like 80%. I can't comprehend that no because you're like because like yeah maybe something happened and all these people died and like no the literally the only difference was the war mm-hmm. these people all died during the war like mm-hmm. that is insane to me yeah this whole family almost entirely wiped out mm-hmm. it's like it, it was a genocide oh yeah it was so close to being a genocide I'm like the fact that any of the Jews survived it wasn't for lack of them freaking trying is is nuts um, but yeah so like the final chapters are really interesting when we get a lot more of the current current day stuff like mm-hmm. Vladik you know is having heart trouble gets back together with Mala somehow yeah because I, I know we kind of touched on it briefly but Mala the, right at the beginning of the volume 2 Mala has basically left Vladik yeah she's left leaving poor Al and his money and Francois to like take care of him 
which Art is not happy about. Art does not get on that well with his father. Like, no. He's like, I want to be around you all the time. And I understand that. If my dad talked to me the way he did, I'd never want to see him either, to be honest. Yeah. Um, if he threw my coat away, I would, I would be the same way. But yeah, so Mala comes back and it's like, but his dad doesn't want to be taken care of there. He wants to go to a hospital in New York, which I love they go through all this stuff to get him medically transported back to New York. Dude, which it's hilarious. Which is really interesting to me because like, having worked with like a, like medical referrals and like travel insurance... I've seen a lot of this side of that stuff and what mm-hmm. goes into setting that stuff up. And he literally gets all this stuff set up to go back to New York to get told, oh yeah, there's nothing much here, isn't he? He'd be hospitalised. He just needs to be observed at home. Yeah. And I was like, what? <clears throat> do, you know what like, do you know what I went Come through again. to get him up here? <laughs> Is he even in the freaking hospital? But we get the interesting kind of wrap-up of like, well, what happened to Vladik after the war? Mm-hmm. And like, um, he ends up like again talking himself into a job. Like he's not allowed to stay with Americans anymore. They're setting up like a stuff for like refugees to try and get them back and stuff. Um, and eventually he ends up like setting up shop in Switzerland. Like, cause like going back to Poland, he's like, there's nothing there. Um, but he keeps in touch with like the Jewish community in the area, trying to like get letters through, cause he's still trying to find his family. He's still trying to find Anya. Yeah. Um, but he ends up working with like a department store. Or he tries to get in with the department store and the guy's like, like, you don't even speak Swedish. We don't need any more salesmen. You don't even speak the language to sell the stuff. And he's like, look, I sold textiles and hosieries like, in Poland. I can sell anything. He's like, okay, well, we've got a bunch of stock in the warehouse of this unfashionable knee-length stocking, but nobody's able to sell it. He's like, perfect. I got it. So he says, so in the US, Uncle Herman, who he's trying to come, he talks about he tries to come over and live with and stuff um, to get to the States. That's his big plan. But he's like, yeah, in the US, Uncle Herman again had a hosiery factory and sent him a bunch of full-length nylon stockings uh, which were impossible to get in Sweden at the time. And so he goes to the stores and basically goes to sell these ones that his uncle sent him, which, of course, they can't get. And they're like, yeah, we'll buy them. We'll buy as many as we can get. And he says, okay, the only thing is that you need to take these like unfashionable knee-length things along with them. And I'll have the- <laughs> It's like, yeah, we'll just throw them away. Whatever we need to do to get these, though, we need them. So, like, he manages to sell the stock by selling something completely different and giving it away with them that he got for free that's even better. So it makes it look like he's a great salesman that sold the crap that nobody could sell. So he ends up becoming practically a partner in the firm. And I'm like, how in the world is this guy constantly ending up on top? Like... He's like wheeled and dealt his way into everything and gotten away with it. It's a miracle. So it's like, um, yeah. so he says a few years later, visas came through for America, and so they done a big surprise party and about them leaving and stuff. Um, oh, that's the hospital stuff. I was gonna read the next page, and that's not it. But yeah, so he get does the whole registration thing. It's like we can't stay here yeah. anymore. They get sent back. And he goes through a whole big medical stuff as his typhus starts to like come back again because of course it does. Of course. Um only to eventually like kind of messages get through that his wife is alive. He meets friends yeah. of his who's like, Yeah, she's alive, she's in Poland. So he writes her a letter and his whole mission becomes get back to Poland. Mm-hmm. Get back there to see her and they're like, Don't go back to Sosnovaik, don't go back there. Like, if you go back there, like, the Poles are literally killing the Jews still. 
Like literally yeah, a friend of ours went to try and get his family bakery back and another family had taken it over and like beat the crap out of him. Like only way Anya's gotten away with it is she never tried to get back her family stuff. And it's like you know, you even see stuff like uh, she goes to see like a gypsy fortune teller and stuff mm-hmm. like she like, she doesn't believe in that crap and it's like but yeah she went to see her anyway because she needed some sort of hope which I kind of love the fact as well the gypsy like fortune teller is a butterfly yeah I don't know why I just feel like that fits really well yeah um but yeah so it's like he ends up like sending a picture and stuff um and letter to her and it comes with a picture which if I can show this off yeah this is we actually black. get a, we actually get a real picture of Vladik Spiegelman. I mean, like, he, he was the alive. He's a good-looking boy. He's a nice-looking dude. Yeah, he's a good-looking lad. I'm like, yeah. So, how many... Fr- he decides to go to Poland. He takes his friend Shivik with him. He goes off to get some supplies and leaves like he's... <laughs> he's suitcase with Shivik <laughs> on the train. Makes note of the train number where it is. If he comes back an hour later, it's gone. It's hilarious. <clears throat> As a shivering, he's like, so he's just left with like the clothes in his back in the water that he found, and then he walked for like three or four weeks. Three or Poland. four weeks walking back to Poland. They're like, this man is freaking hardcore. He really is. But then the great last page is that we see them finally meeting. Like he shows up to a bunch of people that he knows in Sosnovaik, who send people out. Go get Anya. Go get her here right now, and they meet each other again. And they have, like, their reunion. And it's also kind of like a sad little last couple of panels on the page as well. Because he's lying in bed, he's sick, he's definitely getting older. We're not that far from his passing at this point. Mm -hmm. And he says to him, so let's stop, please, your tape recorder. It's like, I'm tired from talking, reach you. And it's enough stories for now. And I'm like, his mind's gone. Yeah. He doesn't realise he's talking to Art, he thinks he's talking to his oldest son. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, he's he's not long for this world and then it ends kind of appropriately but also kind of sadly as well with a double grave with Spiegelman for Vladik and Anya and their dates of birth and death on them and it's like it's yeah this book is it doesn't end on an upper it doesn't end on a massive upper but it ends phenomenally yeah I this is a roller coaster of a book, yeah, this it is was really, really intense, man. Roller coaster of emotions, traveling along with Vladik, all the stuff he goes through. Like I, this book wrecked me. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been hit by a comic in the way that this hit. There's just, it was totally different from anything you've ever read, any comic you've ever picked up. This is something completely different. Yeah, and again with this volume, I found myself not necessarily looking at the pictures but just reading it like reading was on the page you know you get so engrossed in this story yeah like it's so easy to get lost in our telling of his dad's story mm-hmm. and it's such a powerful hard-hitting story I'm like I'm so glad I read this and I would recommend yeah. it yeah definitely I would highly recommend us both volumes one and two if to... you can get your hands on it yeah, to anyone, whether it's the separate ones, whether it's the boxed version, whether it's the omnibus of both, whatever version you can get, it's I would recommend it highly. Yeah. I don't get them back in the box, um. But yeah, this is this has been one of the most phenomenal books we've ever touched in the comic book club. I don't think there's anything we're going to read on here that's going to hit in that same way ever again. Yeah. 
yeah i agree a lot of the stuff we've covered is just it's it's not designed for that emotional kind of hit i mean the chances of reading another comic that's a real life story is is not likely at the best of times as well yeah but mouse has been phenomenal agreed yeah this is a really good pick i'm really glad we got a chance to read it it's been a phenomenal story again massive shout out to richmond comics who hooked us up when everyone else was sold out of this getting us two copies of this which is like at this point in time is like gold dust you just can't get it it's like it's impossible but it's phenomenal story it has impacted in such an amazing way in such a phenomenal life story and such like an amazing insight into World War Two, into the concentration camps, into Auschwitz yeah. and Dachau. Yeah, if you're even mildly interested in the Holocaust, World War Two history from a history perspective, I would absolutely recommend reading this, especially if you're a comic book fan. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I would I would recommend this to anyone if you're whether you're a comic fan whether you're not whether you love history whether you don't whether you have a clue about world war Two and what took place there whether you don't this would be my number one must read for anyone mm-hmm. of any book if you pick up any book we ever recommend pick up mouse 100 percent, pick us up you will not be don't get me wrong you're not going to get it anytime soon <laughs> yeah, if you get it, you're pre-ordering it and waiting to whenever they come back in stock. Like everywhere yeah. sold out of this. Libraries are out of stock of it and got waiting lists for like a year now and mm-hmm. all this insanity for this book. And I 100% think this should be in our curriculum and our kids need to be made aware of the real life this And as they come into their teens, which was the age range reading this, mm-hmm. I think that's an important age to start reading this stuff and start because we talked about it, about it last week the teens are the years when you start to form opinions mm-hmm. you start to change from being I am you know my parents child to I am me I am the person who I am that's when you mm-hmm. start to solidify your character for the first real time as a person on your own yeah and I think having that we we often miss that opportunity with our children because we are still too busy trying to protect them from everything mm-hmm. instead of making them aware of like this is real life yeah this stuff is in the world and i would rather my kids read this stuff and had a conversation with me about it yeah i, I agree then we just take it out and like pretend it doesn't exist yeah you know don't get me wrong the stuff in here is hard hitting this isn't stuff i would say they read every single week unless it was something they were really into and that was the road they were going down was to start reading historical stuff like this or world war ii or get into that but it's a conversation i think they need to have and something they need to be challenged on and i would say something a lot of adults need to be challenged with as well mm-hmm. i would 100 percent say like the people who like voted against it and the unanimous decision that they made had never read this book Mm-hmm. I would I would almost guarantee that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a safe assumption. Because the little, like he cusses a couple of times, like he literally says like sh three or four times across two volumes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say the f word at all. We see 
very sparse nakedness if you listened to me last week the difference between nakedness and nudity yeah there's no nudity in this book because there's no sexual connotation or alluringness to it but there's a couple of scenes of nakedness mm-hmm. but that's just the reality of the camp and if you violence and I'm like yeah I'm sorry you're going to talk about the holocaust it was violent yeah it was horrific what happened and I'm like, there's no way of getting around that I'm I, sorry if it if that's something that impacts you in a negative way and you don't want to talk about it but like that's part of this book that's part of history that's part of the holocaust and world war 2 yeah it's real life that's what happened that's like I was talking about you know if you want to look at an event we lived through something like 9-11 and try to not talk about the violence of it or the suffering or the death that happened in it. I'm like, kind of can't. Mm-hmm. It's kind of part of it, whether you want it to be or not. Yeah. Uh, just me, D, saying, I feel like the only thing more tragic than tragedy is not learning from it. And that's why books like this are so important. Yes, it's horrific, and people will suffer emotionally to face the harshness of reality. But suffering is a prerequisite for growth, and growth is important. Mm-hmm. 100% I would 100% agree with you on that D I think it's important to learn this and it's important that we are challenged by this you know I think it's it's an important thing um, I would highly recommend this book but be prepared that you're not going to come out of it in a feel good mentality Yeah. you're going to be challenged you're going to think about stuff you're going to be pushed and I think that's okay that's an okay challenge for us today. That's an okay challenge I think that we at Commerce and the Cross can leave you with today. Is to challenge you with a book. Something we don't get to do that frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, not in this sort of way at least. But a massive thank you to everyone who joined us last yeah, really week and this week. Who joined us for our look at Mouse and journeyed through it with us. It was intense. Yeah, it's been intense, but it has been absolutely worth it. Yeah, thanks for suggesting this, dude. That was a really good call. Yeah, I think this was a good one. I just, when I heard the controversy around it, I'm like, yeah, we have to touch this. We have to, if we yeah. can get it, we need to go over it. It's, it's not even a question. And I'm glad we did. This yeah. is this has been my first time reading through it, Nitro's first time reading through it, and yeah, I think it hit me about as much and even more than I thought it was going. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? And I'm sorry we're a bit all over the place today. We kind of had rants and talks and into the book and didn't get as much time into it as I was hoping for due to everything we talked about. But I felt like this was all kind of all-encompassed in today. Yeah. And yeah, and I was okay with it. I was okay with it going all over the place because, like you said, it warranted it. So. Yeah, I think it was all... That's the thing. I think it was all-encompassing of stuff that... The, the rant and the challenge that we went on was stuff that I was challenged with in the book and thoughts that came out because of the book and I think that's important to discuss like we talked about, discussion about this stuff is important talking about this stuff is an important thing um, but yes I think that's kind of pretty much it if you had any last thoughts or anything else on Mouse before we wrap it up or anything else that... no, nothing else from my end man I'm just glad we got a chance to read it I uh, really yeah. appreciate you suggesting it um, it is not for the faint of heart it is it is a very very intense book but like you said i think it's i think it's a really important read yeah i think so so we would highly recommend that you can pick this up on um through amazon or through your local comic book shop uh, there may be a little waiting period for it and um, there may be a 
a little bit of time before you actually get a copy of it in hand yourself but by all means I would definitely recommend pre-ordering it and checking it out it's definitely a comic that's worth it and warrants it and that is us for today we will be back later this week and tomorrow night Jay might be streaming tomorrow keep an eye on our social medias for that and Jay has actually injured her back she's actually that's one of the reasons I'm kind of like shuffling off a little bit earlier and is because she's actually injured her back she's stuck in bed right now and she's so let me come on and do this but um if her back gets better then she'll be on streaming tomorrow but if not then it'll be the following week again uh, i will be back tuesday night eight o'clock playing some more batman arkham city oh speaking of the the missus there she is in chat i've been finding bookshops where you can pick it up in your local bookshop as well um, from that uh, awesome stream thank you so much guys we appreciate it but yeah so I'll be back Tuesday night regardless um, 8 o'clock playing more Batman Arkham City we may be coming into the ending of it I say that apprehensively because every time I say that it takes another 3 weeks to finish a game so <laughs> it, it feels like it might be the end but I'm not promising anything and I'll uh, be back on Thursday you're back on I Thursday I don't know what I'm going to be doing on Thursday but I'll be back redesigning your characters apparently apparently <laughs> Um, thank you Space I appreciate that man hope your wife gets better soon thank you so much bro um, but yeah if you missed it last Thursday Nitro started designing some characters for a comic that him and Mrs Nitro were doing um, and he may have to go and tweak some stuff to <laughs> redo them this just week just a bit <laughs> um, so yeah so be with Nitro he might be redoing that he might be doing something different but he's still going to be doing his art stream on Thursday so join him um, apologies for missing uh, our stream this Friday here we will not be back this coming Friday with our CFE stream because we are actually getting all our flooring in the upper floor of our house done, uh, which means I have to take apart my setup and move it out the road for them so they can get into my office. Um, so CFEs will not be on this Friday, um, but we will be, again, be back again next Sunday um, doing our review of The Batman. Um, hopefully that will give everyone enough chance to watch it. It will give me an opportunity to see it. I have not seen it yet. Nitro got to see it last night. Lucky man, um, got some thoughts. Got some definite <laughs> thoughts on it. If you if you enjoy our thoughts and our thoughts being a little bit different than other people's, then this is maybe the stream for you. And um, but we will be back two o'clock next Sunday talking about the Batman and what we think about Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves' take on the character. So you do not want to miss that. Um, if you want to keep up to date with us off of fucking, I got it. You got it good because I'm typing the yeah. wrong thing. I hit the wrong button. Um, so yeah, if you want to keep up to date with us off of stream, you can follow us on all of our social media there. Uh, you can also hit us up on our Discord. If you want to catch up with anything that you have missed, any previous shows, um, our podcast is available anywhere that you find podcasts. Um, so whether you listen to iTunes, Spotify, anywhere else, whatever you listen to, you can find it there. Um, or you can find our podcast, previous game playthroughs, and Nitro's um, Art of the Hero streams it can all be found on our YouTube, if you want to throw that link up as well, did. Uh, I really want to stream tomorrow, because I want to see why I'm killing so viciously so quickly. <laughs> yeah, Jay last week started playing uh, Bioshock Infinite, the game that everyone kept saying, oh, you need to play it, it's like the best one ever, and, and like, she's, it was so calm for like the first hour. And then out of nowhere, like when there's murder rampages, people are trying to kill you, and I'm like, yeah, we need some storyline to fill that in. Um, but yeah, there's that link for YouTube. Go ahead and follow us on our YouTube page. Um, drop us a subscribe there if you want to help out the channel and check out some of our other streams there that you may have missed. 
and um, I think that's pretty much everything. Let me. Yep, and then again, it's a link for our fundraiser for the 12-hour stream. Please hit us up on social media or Discord if you want to be involved or if you have ideas for it. Um, for our fundraiser, we cannot wait for this 12-hour stream. I always get hyped with 12-hour streams. I get excited, yeah, man. That's going to be fun, um, man. I'm excited for us. I'm excited for us crapping ourselves playing Phasmo, to be completely honest. I'm, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But thank you so much for everyone who has joined us today. Uh, we are, If you're able to, I would love you to hang around. Yeah, let me bring that over. Let me check that in chat as well again. Like, if you want to go and check out Beckett's last mixtape from our friend Tom Levine, it's up in Kickstarter for the next few days. There is the link. Go and check it out. Go and drop it. You will not be disappointed. I promise you. See you, Space Hobo. See you, man. No, you're in your space. Good man. Have a good day, sir. Who is on? We can go drop a raid on. Um, we are following so many streamers I keep following people and I'm like I don't get the chance to hang out in half of them as I'd want um, let's maybe do Lady Hardnoa she's doing um, some Sea of Thieves streaming um, she's a Sea of Thieves streamer I've started watching in the last week or so she's actually um, pretty fun to watch uh, she might even have one of her cosplays which if she's wearing one of her cosplays they're phenomenal um, where did she go? I've lost her now. I know how to stream me does. I know how to do this. Gotcha. There she is. Alright. Make sure I find her. So, yeah, let's go. Yep, she's got one of her cosplays on. Fantastic. Alright, let's go show her some love. She is a Sea of Thieves streamer, which if you know us, we are all about Sea of Thieves. Um, <coughs> she is not family friendly. Um, she is from the UK. She does have a little bit of cussing on her stream. So... Just to make you aware, if you're okay for that, phenomenal. If not, you can duck out by all means. Um, but we hope you all have an absolutely amazing day. Hope you all have a great Sunday. Hope it's going well for you. Yeah, everybody. Can't wait to keep up with you all. But remember, it's a good week to be a geek. Take care, everyone. And we'll see you all uh, possibly tomorrow night. If not, see you all Tuesday. Take care, everyone. Oh. 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 Oh.